Welcome to the Musical Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Ploger, and during these podcasts, I'm looking forward to being able to explore all aspects of what it is to be musical, whether that is how we can be more musical as musicians or how we can understand why we love music and why we think it's musical or why it isn't. So we'll be exploring everything from how to perform music, how to listen to music, as well as aspects of music perception perception and cognition. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musical Communication Podcast. My name is Karen and I am your producer. I am sitting here with Marianne, your host. Welcome. Well, thank you, Karen. So nice to be here again. I am so excited. Today is the last episode of 2021. And we are thinking about doing a year in review, obviously featuring Marianne. How do you feel about that? Well, it sounds awesome. Very interesting. Let's see what we come up with. (laughs) Okay. And for those of you listening, uh, Marianne does not know the questions I'm going to ask her and we're just going to improvise. So this will be really exciting. It will be wonderful. (laughs) So Marianne, let's just start with something basic. Um, Tell me, tell us um, what were maybe some of your highlights of 2021? Well, I'd have to say... My retirement from Vanderbilt University that took place on May 15th was quite an event, and that is to say it was very quiet. Uh, Because of COVID, all of us who retired at that point just sort of faded into the distance, and I think that's quite beautiful, actually. It sounds like a nice thing. Uh, So that was a very, very big event. I did teach the entire semester on Zoom. So many of my students, I'm so proud of them, have uh, graduated from Blair and went on to excellent schools like Yale and Juilliard. Very proud of them, all of them, no matter wherever they are. But uh, then subsequent to that, I worked with you, Karen, and trying to figure out what the heck to do now uh, going forward. (laughs) So uh, definitely uh, the high point has been establishing my old work, starting to work one-on-one with people. These are all postgraduate students, one-on-one and again on Zoom. So whereas I did teach one lovely young man for a two-week period of time, we did many hours every day. Uh, It was delightful, just fantastic. He's a Juilliard student. I loved doing that but otherwise it's been virtually all virtual so completely online on zoom so uh, it has been challenging but exciting and it's been delightful for me to get to know my new students they're they're all so remarkable and real troopers as we go forward into this difficult period of time in history I'm sure Yeah. And I mean, this sounds like such a big full circle moment, Um, you know, having started with this private teaching in your own studio as you developed your method to, you know, working in in higher education and then now coming back to this, like how how are you feeling about just this this circle and and this kind of renaissance you're going through? Thank you. Yes, I very much love it. I'm appreciative of the fact that I'm able to explore a little bit more than I could do before. Uh, different avenues. So I, I would say that I'm a music generalist, meaning it's kind of hard to pigeonhole me into the theory area or ear training or history or performance or composition because I believe I like to integrate all of those things. That I think that that is very important. So I am grateful for the opportunity to return to a more holistic approach in my new way of doing things. So 
I find that that is probably the biggest and most wonderful thing. I can talk about all of these different aspects, psychology and, and other things that I did a little bit when I was teaching at the university, but I was more or less just teaching uh, the oral skills and theory put together in my own method, but otherwise not being able to explore some of the philosophical, historical, uh, compositional, conducting related uh, topics as that might interfere with my other colleagues' work. Yeah. So it's been it's been liberating. <laughs> yeah. And what are some, you know, maybe fun new things that you're discovering about yourself or, or your environment? I'm discovering how much I love being able to focus and to be grounded and to be uh, able to explore with more intimacy what is going on with my students and in my own life. So I am composing more, I am playing the piano more, and utterly loving to do that. I'm also getting more and more in touch with my spiritual self, examining different kinds of practices, back to Buddhist or Hindu tra uh, sort of trainings that I've had in the past, yeah. and uh, enjoying the importance of that, being able to breathe. And uh, I, of course, I've always relished over the past years my Pilates private lessons that I have. Uh, I, it just has been a joy. So working on establishing holism within myself, because of, of course, only if I'm whole can I be able to help Yeah. Uh, more as fully as I should, I my guess is what I should say. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, as far as like highlights in some of these areas that you just shared, um, what's been a composition highlight of 2021? Well, I wrote the theme song for this podcast very, very quickly, which was really fun. <laughs> and it's in seven, everybody. Could you figure that out? <laughs> so uh, that was really, really fun to just do that boom uh, in a matter of minutes. So I love that. I love the fact that I'm also able to get a couple of my pieces performed. I'm honored, very honored, to have Timothy McAllister, who teaches saxophone at the University of Michigan, uh, to perform one of my pieces called Elegy. And he performed that at Interlochen this past summer. And uh, he's going to be recording it this coming summer on an album that he'll be releasing. So I am honored about that. So it's getting those gears going again, get, getting a little uh, action going. So. Uh, they're lubricated, those creative neurons up there. Yeah. And for any saxophonists listening, um, what, what saxophone was it written for and, and what's the vibe? Yeah, it's very much a romantic piece, which is what I love to write. Frankly, I, I write in the style that comes to me. So I believe that as a composer, I want to be able to write in any genre somebody asked me to do. Okay, so I could write a little jingle in seven or I could uh, write something that's a full-blown, almost romantic piece. I can write something that's Baroque in style. I'll write whatever it is that I feel like I need to learn to do to master. I do believe very much that you cannot exceed that which you have not first equaled, which I believe is a saying that Michelangelo used. And I believe that that is an important concept. So as a musician, I should be able to speak in a language that's convincing in mm. those styles. So the elegy is a very romantic and noble piece. It's inspired by my father-in-law, who was a noble and gentle man, and also the Dalai Lama. So it has kind of a, a noble, I hope, uh, and gentle, I hope inspiring too, quality to it. So it is very neo-romantic. 
and it's written for a soprano saxophone and piano. So for you saxophonists, if you've been yearning for that, <laughs> I'm also going to have a, a young woman perform it on oboe. So uh, I'm very awesome. excited about that, a woman whose name is Kate Young, and uh, she will be recording it for us uh, on the oboe. So it works with that instrument as well. So That's exciting. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And, you know, for anybody who's, you know, maybe getting back into playing or, or getting back in shape, um, how was your experience with, you know, reacquainting yourself with, with piano and, and just really per- pursuing it from a space of just pleasure and enjoyment, but then also going back to your, your roots of mastery and all that? It's been wonderful, Karen, because I find that I don't need to practice very much at all to be able to get to a pretty high level of playing. So that's exciting, and that, I believe, is inspiring because it's using my ideas that show that if you can get a language going, yeah, you got to polish it up a little bit if you haven't been speaking French for a while, but you can get it going. Get, if you were fluent before, you can do it again. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding I can actually play better in many cases than I could ever in the past and can learn things more quickly. So it's extremely exciting. And uh, I love to play with how to interpret pieces I've done over and over again by Chopin, Brahms, or Beethoven, or uh, any of those guys, Bach. I'd like to play it differently, see if I can come up with a different interpretation that might even be more powerful. So it's it's a joy. (laughs) It's fun. Um, So tell us about the Ploger Institute. it's, it's been in its first year, but probably not even. Um, right. It's been probably six months at this point. Right. Um, how, how is that going? How are you feeling about it? For anybody who's new here to the podcast and maybe hasn't heard about it before, can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, we're sort of in the early stages of life here in terms of the Institute. The vision that I have for it is that it will be a place where, of course, I can teach and share ideas, but where my husband and I can work on teaching the craft of musical communication, which we've done across the world, and we want to continue that work, which we couldn't do when I was uh, teaching at Vanderbilt. So that's extremely exciting, and that we could have workshops, and I want to be able to do my intensives, but I'd also love to be able to have a kind of a platform for dialogue with other people, whether those people are composers or conductors or former students or people I've never met, uh, psychologists perhaps. Uh, we want to be able to get a beautiful dialogue going, uh, and that's why I want to call it an institute where we can explore aspects of music that I think are ignored, still are ignored, like. What's going on How, when you're hearing a musical interval? Why does it have that particular sound? And is there a way for us to understand that in a more scientific or concrete way? I think my method already is quite scientific, cause and effect. But it'd be really fun to be working with scientists who would be willing to explore certain of the ideas that come from the Institute and, and, and maybe set some things up, maybe get some grants going. But this is all in the future and uh, more or less up to the universe at this point. But we'll just keep doing our thing here, (laughs) seeing where things go. So you mentioned, you know, you work one-on-one with some postgraduate and professionals. Um, what, what's that range like? Um, like who, not the names of your clients, but who, um, who is this for this kind of one-on-one work? I want to work with people who are not currently involved with training elsewhere, excepting if it's in a different field. 
I want to be working with people who are free to explore different ways of doing things without feeling it's in conflict with anything else. I think this is very important. So while I've loved working at Vanderbilt and I'm grateful for my work at the University of Michigan before that, as I mentioned before, I want to be able to have the freedom with my students to not worry about stepping on anyone's toes. Yeah. <laughs> Just be able to see where we can go and have that freedom. And I, so my students are mostly conductors right now, uh, but I also have some professional performers with whom I'm working. So I've worked my entire life with conductors, it seems to be my, my path. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm honored to work in that path. So yeah, it's mostly people who want to brush up their skills, they want to explore how to hear with relative pitch in real time. So that's usually the desire. So as we've been talking about over the past weeks, many of these folks have had hard times. Uh, They they are excellent, they have terrific careers, but deeply in their soul, they feel that they're missing something. So I'm hoping that the work we're doing is providing hope and more joy and more freedom of expression and the ability to be more musical. Yeah. I love that. Um, Okay. So let's shift to more fun rapid fire (laughs) questions. Um, What has been your favorite place that you've been in, in 2021? Honestly, it's got to be Panama city beach where I go with my sister and we just hang out on the beach and um, on the 17th floor of a condominium (laughs) and look into the Gulf for about four days. So I absolutely love the ocean. I love looking down from our balcony and seeing manta rays swimming around in the pristine, gorgeous, clear waters. Uh, So grateful for that. And so grateful for my sister (laughs) with whom I'm very, very close. So it's a that's probably my favorite place because during COVID, I'm not traveling very much. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of grounded, I think. I need to be uh, because of my age and because of my husband's age. We need to be kind of staying at home. Yeah. And there's plenty to enjoy around here. So, <laughs> by the way, the other wonderful place is that fabulous restaurant you and I went to, you took me to, uh, here in Nashville. So there are so many great places to be in this town. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Your favorite food of 2021? Oh my gosh, it probably would be that that <laughs> unbelievable meal uh, that I had there, and uh, it's just uh, I love testing and tasting different foods, and we have so many five star chefs around here. Yes, so there's an endless panoply of possibilities <laughs> to explore and I've only barely touched the surface. Yeah. So. I'm excited for us to explore those this oh, year. Yeah. Um, there's a new restaurant that just opened up over here, Carne Mare. It's a chop Ooh. house, Italian chop house, which I've never heard of. And it's just absolutely life-changing. Oh, I think I think Keith and I would really enjoy that. So. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you curious, we went to this restaurant in Nashville called Bourbon Steak. Um, it's at the top floor of the JW 
W. Marriott downtown, and it is from a Michelin-rated chef. He has a, a series of restaurants, and that's one of them. And um, we had basically one of everything. We had like a pear and apple salad, and um, we had a lobster pot pie, which was amazing, and oh, just so much good stuff. We had the fries with all of oh, the different yes. kinds of sauces, dipping Duck sauces. Fries, yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's do a funny one. Any embarrassing moments in 2021? Gee whiz. Well, probably lots of them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Probably one of the most funny ones was just last week uh, because uh, I didn't know I had an appointment the week of Christmas. And I got a notification at 9.17 a.m. that I had a 9.30 Zoom meeting with a prospective (laughs) student. Uh, This person had just signed up that the night before and I had looked at my calendar so there I was in my purple pajamas uh with no makeup on nothing and so I was like okay can we in 13 minutes get our act together so if anyone had seen me running around the house it would have been really quite embarrassing but I think when I got on it was, I was okay yeah but not great but okay didn't yes. scare at least. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the new COVID thing. Like with all of us being on Zoom now, like we've just learned to have professional on top and party on the bottom. You got that right. <laughs> Purple jammies were the same ways down, but you know. <laughs> I love that. Um, tell us about your dogs, Dolly and Cash. Oh, thank you. Yes, they're such sweethearts. Yeah, they're 10 and a half years old now and they're miniature cockerpoos. So they are adorable and wonderful dogs. Uh, they do howl when sirens go around. And so I think I've developed very good hearing, dog hearing. So I can hear sirens far, far away because I need to give them a snack before they start howling or else it will go on for about two minutes with both of them howling at full volume. So this can be a little disruptive. So we have to keep that to a minimum luckily that's only half that would be an embarrassing moment yeah during one of my lessons that that did happen and luckily my fabulous student was tolerant and kind of got a kick out of the fact that we had a little howling going on but yeah yes but, uh, but anyway they're they're such great companions and yeah. um, I'm utterly grateful for them they're just my babies yeah so. do they sing will you will you guys play or when keith does violin stuff oh yes yes in fact i have a video of of uh, keith tuning up one of his violins and he makes violins and the dogs go crazy when his violins sound <laughs> not when any other violin sounds yeah only keith's so wow. it's adorable they just go at it when those violins come. So I have a video of us being out at dinner and he was trying to, we were outside in the patio and it was around the 4th of July with friends from Europe and they were asking to hear a violin. Keith tuned it up and the dogs went crazy. But uh, added to the atmosphere, the summer atmosphere, I only feel sorry for my neighbors. Yeah. But anyway, yes, they, uh, they are vocal about their approval, of, I think. Yeah. Of Keith's that is so <laughs> funny. Oh my gosh. Um, so what is your favorite food? Hmm. Do we know? I love pasta and hmm. pesto. That is probably my favorite thing to eat. I can't do it a lot because of a little gluten thing going on, but I am discovering using rice noodles. Ooh. And 
I know, talking about synthetic thinking, uh, we are now putting pesto together with rice noodles, and it's quite delicious, and I have no problems with that. Ooh, okay. So for whatever reason, I think the rice doesn't bother me as much as the wheat. But I love, 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 love Italian food, and mm. uh, so I could have that all the time if my body would let me, but yes. that's my fave. Yeah. Okay, I love yeah. that. Um, what's your go-to drink? Uh, well... <laughs> Cannot tell a lie. Um, <laughs> my favorite drink is a Manhattan. Uh, mm. That That is the drink that my family drank. It's a military drink. It's often associated with officers and the military. So my dad, being a military guy, and my brother, Wayne as well, we got into the habit of uh, having a Manhattan a couple times a week. So I really love that. And for my sister and I, that's when we go out to Panama City Beach, we'll have to sit on the balcony and have a Manhattan in the evening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. What's a guilty pleasure? Hmm. Guilty pleasure. Probably binge watching. <laughs> okay. My husband and I are now binge watching Escape to the Chateau, which is a wonderful reality TV program about a British couple and their kids who move from London and land on the, this beautiful property that has this tremendously large, huge chateau. And so they suddenly have to re, sort of refurbish it. And it was a total wreck. So it was fun for Keith and me to watch that. We can we can watch that for hours on and in the dogs on my lap. Of course. You know, I'm, I've got one in my lap and I'm scratching the other one as we're watching. So yeah. it's, it's a very cathartic experience. And That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I really love that. You know, we're on this podcast talking about such high level things, but that you also love reality TV. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's so good. Um, so as you're preparing for the new year, granted, we can reinvent ourselves at any time throughout the year. It's really not special in my opinion with the new year, but what kind of things do you like to do as far as maybe taking inventory or, or preparing? Are you a resolutions person? Are you a word of the year? Like what, what's your thought process there? I'm now in a place where I am watching. I want to improve the platform uh, on which I'm working on Zoom so that I can get less and less of the issues of latency because I do these exercises where I'll play a sound, a chord, or whatever, and the person is my student, will respond on the offbeat. And this is happening at the rate of, of one chord per second. So latency is an issue. So I'm, that is a very important thing. So kind of looking into technology in the next months, figuring out what the best thing is. And you and I have talked about maybe some videos. And yeah. certainly I want to plan on intensives. I've had a number of people say that they're interested. Please let us know if you're interested. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's... Everything is dependent on COVID. And yeah. I really would like to do the intensives in person, if at all possible, because there's nothing like that energy of being together. I, I'm, I so much appreciate the technology. I've got a student in London. I've got one in Paris. I got one in Chicago, one here and there, which is fabulous. And I'm grateful for that. But it is so nice when we can all be together and each other's energy and laugh together and just be much more relaxed and not glued into our seats in front of that screen. Yeah. Yeah, we can move. So I'm hopeful everybody cross their fingers and be good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully I can make that happen in the summer and get some intensives going. So my resolution for the upcoming year is one of uh, 
gratitude, being present and listening carefully to what the needs are and seeing what I can do to provide those needs as yeah. I can. Oh, I love that so much. And I would say like one of the highlights of this year too has been this podcast. Well, thank you for that, Karen. Absolutely. Yeah. I've enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I think building the community and, and creating a space where we could have these, uh, I wouldn't say hard conversations entirely, but just different conversations and, and just having and creating a safe space, um, where you could share your ideas, but then also provide solutions. You know, it's very easy to get into, especially with social media and the space of like, everything's wrong. Here are all the problems, but without the solution. So I'm personally very grateful that you're willing to, to share your expertise and your decades of, of research here for free with other people so that our lives could be better. Like that's, that's huge. Well, thank you. I'm definitely going to be using your immense talents to mine my previous students because I really hope that those folks will encourage others to pursue study and uh, that we can begin to reform, change the paradigm of how yeah. music is taught such that it's more joyful and also more scientifically approached. Uh, that is cause and effect, that we can have ways of doing things. We, can have, we do have ways of understanding what makes something musical and not musical. And so we have the tools that allow us to be more efficient and effective in our communication. So I'm hoping I can, you know, touch into that gold mine of those past fabulous students of mine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share or any anything you want to tease maybe that's coming soon? Well, I'm definitely going to be talking a lot about musical communication in the upcoming podcast. And essentially, we might be doing that so I can actually play on the piano so that people can hear and compare what is unmusical with musical and give you some concrete tools yeah. that you can use. And uh, on my website, you can see the Craft Musical Communication article. But there are these various techniques, and I want to be able to explore those. And uh, so we'll be doing it with real music. So <laughs> nothing like talking about music. We need to actually make some music, too. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Marianne, for this. Um, for those of you listening, thanks again for being here. It's been an amazing few months. Um, if you think of it, if you could please leave us a review on Apple, on iTunes, uh, that is the, one of the ways where people can find us. Um, and of course, if you ever have any topics you'd like for us to discuss or anything you want us to do, um, feel free to always reach out. Uh, Marianne has her website. She's Marianne.ploger on Instagram or actually Marianne Ploger on mm -hmm. Instagram, um, the Ploger Method community on Facebook. Um, and we are so excited to bring in all sorts of new topics and musical elements and potentially some videos. We've gotten some feedback on potentially doing some live podcasts. So stay tuned for all that stuff. And thanks again for being here. 